Get your popcorn ready for the College Baseball Insider Show with Matt Grissom and Quentin Mills, giving you all the insights and analysis you need for the weekend slate that college baseball has to offer. are your hosts ready to dive into the top matchups well the super regionals are here and the arkansas razorbacks are not part of them so that concludes the show for us uh i'm just kidding joined as always by quentin mills uh my big florida gator best friend over here Q, how you feeling ahead of the South Carolina Super Regional in Gainesville? Uh, the the anxiety is starting to set. I was pretty relaxed all week. Now uh, it's it's starting to set in, and and I'm feeling a little anxious. I want it to be here. I want it to be tomorrow, uh, but then I don't because I'm I'm afraid that this South Carolina team could beat us. Uh, they're very very capable of that, uh, but it, it should be a good at least from a non biased person. It should be probably the best super regional matchup in my opinion so this is probably the like you said the best matchup so we've decided to do something we have not done before which will be unveiling tonight Uh, we're going to break down this between two florida insider and south carolina insider which we'll get into later but uh let's dive in i guess the from the jump the super regional guide is out so you can go Download that, ncaainsiders.com. We'll take you to our Linktree page. You can download it there. Or, as always, go to collegebaseballinsiders.com. Download it there for free. Um, couple changes right. on it. couple changes. We've added impact players, hitters, and pitchers. We also added a section of how we got here with wins and losses. We've we've added the analytics again. We have our, our closing segments on each section and then our best bet picks. So uh, similar format. It's got the weather and all that, but there are little added uh, added benefits to what we think should help you win some bets. Yeah, and let's kind of touch on the regionals. Did anything stand out to you? I know, obviously, TCU taking down Arkansas, it didn't really surprise me just with how hot TCU had been playing. I'm probably more impressed with how they took it to Hagen-Smith Granted, he bounced back in a big way the next day, and I don't know if it if the rain delays and stuff had anything to do with it. But I this Arkansas team just kind of they got their butts kicked. I mean, there's no no way around it. Um, Oral Roberts stuck out to me. They they looked really impressive down in that Stillwater Regional. Penn almost got home on my ten to one ticket, but ultimately it was Southern Miss. Um, anything else that? that stuck out to you that you want to touch on real quick? Yeah, it wasn't that TCU beat Arkansas. It was just how they did it. Uh, I thought TCU, uh, Arkansas would have been just a little closer matchup. So, like, that was surprising to me. Um, another massive surprise was Vanderbilt not getting out of the Nashville region. I thought that was one of, if not the easiest uh, regional bracket. Um, they just looked dead. They looked at, like the team that they had all year. I think the SEC tourney gave us all false hope. You know, if, if maybe Tim Corbin got those guys kind of straightened out, but it, you know, we saw they didn't. They just, uh, that killed them. Uh, so that was a little bit of a surprise. I think Iowa as well, you know, losing. Uh, I thought they were going to have a pretty easy time in a winner's bracket once they depleted 
you know, their three starters, Langenberg, Morgan, and, and um, Bertie Brecht, that was kind of it. I mean, their bullpen really fell apart. They gave away, you know, several multi-run leads. So that was a bit surprising. I, I was actually surprised in a positive way. Texas uh, offense came alive. You know, it had been dead for most of the season. You know, uh, part of that was because they lost a ton of talent last year. Uh, my buddy's a, a massive Longhorns fan. You know, they, they haven't had super great offenses of years. I mean, last year they had Melendez and all that, but they they turned it on. I mean, they went from dead Big 12 to live in Coral Gables and, and shut down, frankly, a hot Miami team. So I think that was a surprise. And then uh, I think my Gators, you know, last year they they went down in the loser's bracket against two-seed Oklahoma, and they lost. Uh, Ryan Slater blew that game late, you know, so – uh, it was very cool to see him kind of get that rebound moment and, and be able to succeed. And, and it was good and surprising to see Florida kind of persevere and, and get through that. Not that they should have ever been in that position, you know, in my opinion, their bats kind of went dead, but it was cool and surprising to actually see them overcome that and, and, and win. So. So going back to Texas, I think let's start there in the Stanford regional. We'll go backwards, but Texas comes in over and, something we've added that I'm excited about. So we did run differential for the season long average in the, in the regional uh, preview. This one, we kind of honed in on the run that they're on currently. So we did run differential over their last 20 games, run differential over their last 10. Texas has gone from five to seven, which at seven over their last 10 puts them at the second best team as far as uh, hotness, uh, these Longhorns are playing really well. We know about Lucas Gordon and LeBaron Johnson. They've got the pitching staff to contend. Pac-12, though, Stanford's really good at home. Uh, the ball flies. Yeah, I think Quinn Matthews is is going to get the start on Friday, or is this this may be a Saturday game. But, um, yeah, Saturday. So, if Quinn Matthews goes, do they throw Lucas Gordon or do they hold off and and kind of play chess with that? I mean, I think Texas could probably beat them even with Quinn Matthews going. I know he do. he pitched like well over 150 pitches over the last weekend. So it, it's going to be interesting to see. But what stands out to you most in this one? I think it's the the run differential. You know, as we look at the last 20, especially for Texas, and then the last 10, the bats are starting to wake up. Dylan Campbell, uh, Eric Kennedy, uh, some other guys, Powell, um, Porter Brown has been big. Uh, but Stanford, I mean, outside of Quinn Matthews, I mean, Matt Scott hasn't gotten it done. Joey Dixon hasn't gotten it done. Like, they, I mean, they, A&M obviously was a streaky team. You know, they've had some up and down with pitching uh, this year, and, and, they had Stanford by the, you know, on the ropes. I mean, they were up 2-0 and, and, and should have, frankly, closed that. And we should be looking at a Texas A&M-Texas rivalry in a Super Regional. But here we are, we're not. Um, the more and more that I see these numbers, you know, when the guide came out, I was kind of a stay away. But I'm really starting to lean Texas here because I think, like you just stated, you can throw some chess, you know, at a checkers board. I think – you have the ability to play with two pitchers where Stanford doesn't. I mean, if you're Stanford, you have to get off on the right foot, in my opinion. I don't think you could try to save Quinn Matthews in a game two 
situation to maybe, you know, if you get lucky, you close out of game one and then you have your ace going game two to, to lock this thing down. I don't think you have that option because you can't trust your other starters. Texas can, like we just said, they've got another guy in LeBaron Johnson who's pitched really well, you know, as of late. He's got a great ERA. You know, he just pitched a complete game, so you know he can go the distance. He throws a ton of pitches and without gassing. So I would imagine Lucas Gordon starts. Like, Texas really hasn't messed with the lineup too much, but I kind of like where your head's at, and, and maybe David Pierce should look at that situation and, and really kind of play that game because – if you take that game when you lose, you still got your ace to kind of get you back into the series. Or if you steal game one, you've got the ability to close it down with your ace. Uh, and that's another one. Tanner Witt's numbers don't look very impressive, but I think he's, he's coming got back from tough. injury. Yeah. yeah, you throw you throw a Tanner Witt on game one if if they're throwing Quinn Matthews, and you just see what happens. I mean, worst case scenario, you lose, but you've got Lucas Gordon and LeBaron Johnson Jr. to go Sunday, Monday. Yeah. So I, that would be, you know, I, I'm not on the coaching staff, so my opinion's irrelevant, but <laughs> that's probably how I would attack that, honestly, because it's going to be a tough ask and, and you're going to essentially burn Lucas Gordon if you throw him against Quinn Matthews. Yeah. I mean, you're putting all your eggs in one basket that, all right, this is the game we've got to win. Uh, jumping to Virginia, the Cavaliers take on the Duke Blue Devils. Duke looked pretty impressive last weekend, to say the least. I This is one of those teams where I feel like all season long they were just riding the wave, and they lost some guys like Jonathan Tan- Santucci to injury. Their pitching staff was never great, but it was good. Now here they are. The only stat they lead Virginia in is home runs, but this Cavs team is playing lights out. I mean, they, their run differential just over the regional that they just played in, I don't have it in front of me, but it, it was really good. They took it to them. We're both on Virginia here. Ed, why don't you tell them why? Uh, well, the first thing is Duke's already been to Charlottesville and took two or three, so that's going to be a motivation factor that I'd talk about, you know, with a couple of these teams. They're starting pitchers lights out. I mean, what, what you know, Nick Parker did against ECU, uh, what Kennelly Early did against ECU, you know, they, they still have Jack O'Connor. They still have Brian Edgington. You know, all of those guys are pitching well. They're hitting the ball lights out. They're getting production from guys outside of uh, Kyle Teal and Jake Geloff. Those are obviously the two most prominent names. But Ethan O'Donnell um, – um, yeah, O'Donnell, Anderson, you know, uh, Salky. You know, uh, you look at uh, Anthony Stefan coming off the bench. Now he's kind of worked himself into a more – uh, starting role for them. Like they're getting guy Griffo Farrell bats 400 in the leadoff. Like they have the lineup to really make a, a solid run towards a national title, not just in the super regionals. I think they've got the complete team to do it. Um, and Duke. Yeah, they looked good. I mean, they let, they let a team in coastal Carolina shell them. You're going to have a similar situation, maybe not the power per se, but UVA is just as good, if not a better hitting team than coastal. So they've got Duke's got a good bullpen. They gave up runs. I mean, and and I expect that for UVA. UVA's got better pitching than Coastal, and Coastal did beat Duke. So it's it's easy to 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 beat Duke, in my opinion, with with solid pitching and good hitting. And and I like the Cavs to keep rolling. Yeah, Duke, of course, fifteenth of sixteenth in run differential, so second yeah. to worst in the in the super regionals. Virginia thirty three and four at home. That's it's going to be very tough to talk anybody out of taking the Cavs here, even if you've got to lay the juice. 
Charlottesville is going to be lit too. I mean, they had a hell yeah. of a showing in the regionals between them and ECU. So it's going to be loud. They got a, a solid fan base. So, so I put in the guide, if you had Oregon Oral Roberts in a super regional and Eugene on your bingo card, congratulations. You need to go buy a lottery ticket, <laughs> yeah. but here we are. The ducks are going back out West to host the golden Eagles of Oral Roberts who let me say they're on like a, what 21 game win streak this team strength of schedule stuck out to me the most of the 268. I didn't think that they were going to be able to contend over a long weekend, but they did. This team is good. I mean, yeah. put aside the strength of schedule and the fact that they're a mid-major, they've got stats better than half the SEC. And, and seeing it in person and seeing what they did in that Stillwater Regional, I – I think I lean Oral Roberts here. I, I wish I would have gotten Circa's opening number. I think they hung plus 155. Barstool had it at like plus 120, I think, when they first opened, which I I guess values value if you, if you like the better team. But this Golden Eagles team is dangerous. And Oregon swung the bat really well. They had a lot of speed coming around the bases. They took it to Vanderbilt in that sense. I just – I think – I think Oral Roberts may be playing more consistent baseball right now, while Oregon may have just had a good weekend. Yeah, I agree. I wish I'd have put a ticket, small ticket on Oral Roberts. I had Dallas Baptist and Okie State. I thought Okie State had kind of maybe turned the corner. Obviously, they didn't. I thought Dallas Baptist was a formidable team to make an Omaha run. And, you know, they played well. Obviously, they ran into the Golden Eagles. Um, like you said, I mean, the Golden Eagles, they're on a 20 or 21 game win streak. I think this series goes three games. I mean, I don't see a sweep by any means on either side. The one question mark is Jay Stoffel. Is he going to pitch in this series? Like, you can't find any news on him. It's, it's locked tight. So that's the biggest question mark. Does Oregon have their top guy? I think if he doesn't, then yeah, I think there's really good value in, in Oral Roberts. I think if he does, you know, between him, uh, Jay Stoffel, and Logan Mercado, I think it could be a little tougher, you know, because Oregon did play really well. They, you know, they should have some confidence heading back home uh, in front of their fan base. So this is probably a stay away from me. I, I, I'm looking at better juice other places. I mean, this is a value pick like we talk about, but it's, it, I just don't know enough about either team to to confidently put my money on but if i definitely had to lean i would take oral roberts here to kind of keep the cinderella story rolling so let's jump into another sec matchup lsu is taking on kentucky lsu won the series earlier this season against kentucky 2-1 or no they yeah. swept them didn't they no 2-1 no they took one okay yeah they took the middle game. Uh, so kentucky once again our friend with eye test analytics here he was high on this Kentucky team. The numbers added up, but I think this is where they get exposed. Even, even if you throw out the LSU is, is not good out of the pen outside of Paul Skeens, maybe Ty Floyd now. I think this offense is going to be too good for UK's average pitchers. And I say average. I mean, they, they're they 39th in XFIP. They're 11th in ERA, which is not bad. They're 38th in Sierra. But when you compare it to the field, they're tied for 12th with a, a 4.45 average, while LSU is at 
I just think you can always sharpie in Paul Skeens as a Friday night win. And uh, this one starts Saturday. So game one win, we'll, we'll keep it simple. But Ty Floyd's coming on. I think he's going to get the second win. It, this is kind of open and close for me. I could maybe make a case that Kentucky stretches this to game three. But if Kentucky stretches it to game three, I would put LSU on life alert because I, I don't think they want to do that. I think they get the win with Skeens and Floyd, and, and they, they go on to Omaha. Yeah, I think it's well said. I don't think this actually gets to, to three games. You know, Ty Floyd has pitched pretty well as of late, you know, behind Paul Skeens, like you said. It, the series, in my opinion, starting 1-0 off the jump, and it's, it's really a best-of-two series. Uh, for being honest, uh, Kentucky, again, they play small ball. They play really well. So kudos to them. I've talked about them. They made the jump from last year's team to this year's team has been incredible. So tip your cap to that. But the the firepower, I mean, we saw in the series last time they played, I mean, LSU matched the ball on, on Kentucky's pitchers. Uh, Riley Cooper's pitched really well. Thatcher Hurd's looking really well right now as of late. Uh, Gidry, like I think the bullpen is starting to turn around enough to at least get this team to Omaha. You know, we did talk about that. Was, that's their kryptonite, uh, but they're starting to figure it out and they're getting good outings from those back end guys and from, you know, a number two starter. So I actually think LSU is probably one of the few series that, that goes 2 0 here. I, I was did pretty as well. I was pretty surprised to see over the last 20 and last 10 games, LSU has the worst run differential of the field of 16, which is kind of, kind of shocking to me. Yeah. But, uh, all right, so Tennessee Volunteers, they take care of Clemson. They're in Hattiesburg, which was a, an political. argumentative thing. Political. Yeah, this yeah. It, it, it is what it is. Hattiesburg probably deserved it more. Uh, Pete Taylor Park, 4,300 people. It's not like a huge home field advantage, I feel like, for Southern Miss. Tennessee's used to that in the SEC. They're playing hot. They figured out how to win away from Lindsey Nelson. This team, uh, I'm kicking myself for not buying into them more. I had the two futures tickets from before the season at like seven to one and eight to one. They, I think they got as high as like thirty to one, and yeah. I didn't, I didn't jump on them. But I didn't either. As of right now, I think Tennessee may be the team to beat coming out of the SEC. I have them at either 14 or 15 to one. So I do have a little better odds than you, but like I said, I mean, I think we missed the boat on the max value there. Uh, I think Tennessee actually handles them. I think they're going to be pissed off that they didn't get uh, the, the ability to host and kind of play in Knoxville. But like you said, we talked about it last week. The question mark for Tennessee was, can they figure out how to hit the pitching has been there all year? They've had great numbers all year. It's, it's been the mental side of hitting the, the talents there, the powers there, the speeds there, the, the, the ability is there. It, we finally saw it against a good team in Clemson, you know, and then they just carried it on. Uh, Charlotte had no opportunity in that, that final game. Uh, so that was kind of reassuring that they could continue this past a game that they played up for in the Clemson matchup. I like Tennessee here. I think it's actually even, I think I locked it in at like 141 or something like that. Um, I, I think that's actually considered value because of how deadly this team can be. Uh, I, I culmination of Vitalo getting those guys pissed off to them swinging the bats to the pitching matchup, you know, even with Tanner Hall throwing Andrew Lindsay's had just as good starts. And in, in my opinion, uh, I, I think this might be another two Oh series as well in Tennessee's way. 
Yeah, Southern Miss, for me, like, I love Tanner Hall, but he gets zero run support, I feel like, when he's yeah. out there. What did he He's a Jacob DeGrom. He pitched a full game, and, and they lost, what, 2-1 or something? that it's It yeah. just sucks for him, but, he's, yeah. He's, he's I, I think, Jacob DeGrom of college baseball. He really is. So, the TCU Horned Frogs that sent the Razorbacks home, uh, at home, they were red hot. I mean, they're fourth, and then they're moving into that trajectory. Now they're third in run differential over the last three or last ten games. Uh, they're taking on an Indiana State team that unfortunately missed their shot at at hosting because of the Special Olympics, we, we all know by now. But this team is – it's kind of like Arkansas where the TCU-Arkansas matchup, I, I thought it would come down to that, and then I always anchor a handicap in pitching. But Indiana State is the better pitching team. But I don't know how you can not back a team like – they beat Arkansas twenty to five. They shelled Hagen Smith. And then what, twelve six? Yeah, it I mean, these guys, you had Trey Richardson who came in on the season hitting two home runs. He hit two grand slams and then a three run shot against Arkansas in that in the first game. They're playing lights out right now. I I want no part of trying to back the Cinderella story in Indiana State here. I think it's TCU or pass. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, any and all hope. Well, first off, I want to give credit to TCU fans for uh, supporting. I think they're like twenty five or 30,000 that they sent to uh, the Special Olympics. So that was pretty stand up. Uh, so kudos to them. But Indiana State, obviously, I think, and I said it in, in this little excerpt, any and all chance they had was to try to keep this this in Terre Haute. Uh, how do you say it? Terre Haute? Terre Haute. Terre Haute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, I think that was their their momentum right there to kind of keep it in their area. You know, when they had to concede that to TCU, you're getting a rowdy fan base. You're getting a Big 12 fan base who's passionate about baseball in Fort Worth. You know, combinating that with the the mauling that they, you know, produced in Fayetteville, they're alive and they're awake. And, and I even though, like, we kind of anchor everything towards pitching, I have to look at this opposite like you. Sometimes solid pitching just isn't enough to stop a flaming hot bat. And I think TCU right now is – I think they're going to get to Omaha and then we're going to start seeing maybe the cracks. Yeah. Well, and I, I said that and got some pushback on on oh, Twitter. Yeah. With, yep. You know, I'm friends with the guys with the Lupton Drinking Club. They do a pretty good podcast over there. But they were arguing with me about the pitching. Like, they, they've just been hurt. Yeah. Uh, ben Abel, he had a really good outing against Arkansas to just kind of shut the door on us. So they, the pitching is there. I, I don't want to say that they're horrible and they, they just can't pitch, but um, you know, we kind of got to cam Brown there for a little bit in that game too, but yeah. ultimately their offense was too hot and, and we just could, <laughs> we couldn't score enough runs against TCU this past weekend. Yeah. That was ultimately the, the biggest problem. So, Okay. Florida, South Carolina. We know that you're the resident Florida fan of the group. Congratulations, your team is still standing. Now I'm a Wake Forest fan because we're going to try to get that ticket home. South Carolina looks dangerous. They look like the team that beat LSU on a Friday night, and they look like the team that swept Florida earlier in the season. Are the Gamecocks back, and 
What are your unbiased thoughts on this series? I think it's going to be probably the toughest and the most exciting series. These teams have no, you know, they, they don't have much love for each other. You know, they've played in the college world series finals against each other, semifinals. Like they've been there in these big heavyweight fights. And I think we're seeing that again. I do think they're back to their form. They're healthy. You know, we talked about, uh, they were missing LaCroix. Messina had to play a position outside of catcher. McGillis was hurt. You know, Gavin Casas was kind of in and out of the lineup. So they are better. They're they're kind of figuring it out. You know, Will Sanders maybe isn't going to be starting for them this weekend, you know, as we'll kind of allude to uh, later on, you know, but he's figured it out to kind of be a long relief guy or kind of a late, you know, back-end guy to really close the game out. They, they've got ways that they can win. They've got multiple ways. They're They're pliable. They hit for power. Uh, the the one factor uh, that I harp on is revenge. I think home field advantage are unquantifiable stats that maybe not in the pros, but in college, they really carry some weight. Florida was swept by this team on the road. Kevin O'Sullivan knows how to get his teams ready for Omaha. Kevin O'Sullivan is going to hammer that in their head. Hey, this team... Yeah, we're just going to post all the scores around the locker room. You know, loss, loss, loss. Hey, they're coming in for two more guarantee. Let's not make that five losses. So I think they're going to be prepared. I do have Florida on a non-bias because I do think their pitching is way better at home. So I think they have the edge there. I believe Kevin O'Sullivan has never lost a, a super regional. You know, to, to combine all of those together. Uh, and then South Carolina's ability to strike out sometimes can be uh, not alarmingly high, but kind of on the higher side. So Florida can throw strikes. I think that's going to keep them in the game. And then as long as Florida's bats stay hot, they can beat anybody in the country to include Wake Forest, in my opinion. So I think this definitely goes three games. Uh, as a fan, I want Florida to win, but even as a, a better, you know, I'll either bet on my team or not bet against them or, or just not take the game. But I actually feel like they can get this done in three games. Yeah, you got to be a real sicko to bet against your own team. Hey, like but, I did. Yeah, but, but you I know what? It. Wasn't sad getting making ten units betting against your team because you just knew nice. that you were outmatched. Uh, he actually did lose two thousand nine. It looks like NCAA Super Regional was okay. where he went out. But the trend is, I mean, he's been eliminated in the regional stage six yeah. times. It looks yeah. like. So yeah. the the trend would tell you, you know, you get through the regional with Kevin O'Sullivan, he's going to make it to Omaha. Um, but. I, like you said, it, Florida, we've got futures tickets. They're they're swinging the bat really well right now. They showed a lot of resiliency coming back against Texas Tech. The thing that intrigues me most is the, the run differential, and we'll see just kind of how, if that matters. Um, Florida trending on the Down. lower end, yeah. They go from 13th of 16 to 14th of 16. Meanwhile, South Carolina goes from five to four. So their their trajectory is they're playing a lot better as of late, which is what matters. I mean, that's we're trying to repeat the quantifiable truth of Ole Miss last yeah, year and how sure. we predicted this. For sure. Uh, we're, we're just trying to replicate that success. So uh, anything and everything we can add to these guides to, to help get there. Uh, but the number one team in basically every category left uh, as far as pitching, run differential, everything, you name it, it's the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. They're taking on the Alabama Crimson Tide. You didn't give, you, you didn't give your side. 
You didn't give your side in Gainesville. We got to put it on the record. South Carolina. I'm taking right. South Carolina at plus All money. Right. I think it's a on the record. <laughs> it's just like it's it's just like a handicap games. If if yep. I've got a coin flip game, I'm yep. taking the team getting the plus money. So you, you might be South on the right Carolina. Side. South Carolina's got the pitching advantage. This will be an interesting one though to bet game to game because yeah. I I like James Hicks, Conway guy. I've I've heard from an insider with the Gamecock Nation that he's probably going to start tomorrow. Yep. And I'm assuming Brandon Sprout will go on the other side. I, I may, if you're going to give me South Carolina plus money there, I'll probably take them in game one also. Um, but back to the Wake Forest Demon Deacons, my adopted team for the time being. Alabama Crimson Tide playing so well after Brad Bohannon got fired for his gambling mishap. And I just want to say thank you, Circus Sports, Jeff Davis, for not being afraid to hang lines on Alabama. Yeah. I don't know what the deal is with all these other sports books of why you can't bet these. It's there, was, there was nothing there. I mean, they've done an investigation. It It's open and closed. No no player was involved. None of the other coaches were involved. It It is what it is. And if you watch the game, you know that Alabama almost came back and won it. So, in the end, it's evident that nobody was trying to fix that game. And Paul Skeens deserved to be a, a minus 300 favorite. But Alabama made it look really easy this past weekend, sweeping in their regional down in Tuscaloosa. Wake Forest made it look easier than that, if that was even possible. 12-0, uh, 21-6, 15-1. Those were the finals for Wake Forest this past weekend. So I, it's minus 305 at Circa. Would you lay it with Wake or parlay it if you were out in the desert right now? Or do you think there's any value at all at Alabama plus 255? 255 is juicy. I think Alabama can obviously make it closer than Maryland and uh, George Mason. You know, they got good good starters. But I, I know the one curse is still lingering out there. But I – I just don't see this this Wake Forest team not making it to Omaha. You know, maybe if they lose, you know, they're running into your LSU's, your South Carolinas, Tennessee's, Florida's out there. They're not playing them right now. You know, Alabama's good. Um, I, again, I I don't see any vision of Wake Forest not in the Final Eight. They're just too good. I mean, they have three number ones, and you can make the the argument that Seth Keener could be a number one. You know, so yeah. what do you do with that? I mean, it's it's yeah. it's Tennessee's the only other comparable stat, in my opinion, to to a, a, a pitching rotation like that. And then you look at the teams, the offensive side. You know, Pierce Bennett, Brock Wilkin, Adam Sasir, Nick Kurtz. Like they're sluggers, but they can also hit and they got some speed. Tommy Hawk's not even on there, and he's an impact leadoff hitter. The guy flies around the bases and some Jordans. So their lineup is just stacked top to bottom. I, I just don't see if Alabama. Uh, has really any shot. I mean, I don't think they're going to get blown out 21 to six, but I, I don't think he, any game is necessarily going to be super close. Yeah. And Alabama's got some guys. I mean, I, I think Tommy Seidel, Andrew Pinkney, they're solid. And Luke yeah. Coleman is a good starter. McNary's playing really well here lately. I, I just think, I mean, this is like the worst thing you could have asked for if you're Alabama. I mean, go, going against a gauntlet of, of a team. Yeah. They're just, 
they're going to be able to open and shut the door, I feel like, on the Tide. But outside of that, we are – we're down to – I mean, it's it's getting in the nitty-gritty. We're, we're going to have eight teams remaining come Monday night. So It's bittersweet. Yeah. Do you have anything else? I mean, we've been on a, a great run here where I totaled up. It's in the guide, regional record. I went 30 and 32, plus 21 and a half units, which 10 of them came off betting off on TCU there. Uh, Q had 29-19 record up 9, 9.13 units. Pennies to what Grissom tweets is throwing out there. Well, I'm, you know <laughs> – I, I like to uh, lay a lot of units against my own team, yeah. apparently. I'll never be welcome back on Arkansas Sports Radio because <laughs> they ask me, what's your best bet ahead of the game two against TCU? And I gave out TCU plus 140. I said that we should not be minus 175, 180 against TCU. We've They shelled our best pitcher. What do you think is going to happen? I mean, yeah, it is what it is. And hats off to Hagen because he bounced back. Had a great game, but it just – they're too much. Uh, but yeah, I, I've, I've really enjoyed it. It's sad that it's, it's coming to an end, but we'll have at least one more week of, of coverage on baseball, but anything else to kind well, we'll of sign us off we'll here? Two more weeks. We'll have two more. Well, weeks. yeah, two more weeks because yeah. of the Omaha being yep. stretched out. Yep. No, I mean, I think the guide pretty much has everything in there again. You know, I think we talked about it on Twitter, there's a lot of juice in this this uh, eight eight you know region matchup. You're gonna have to lay juice if you want to win money. There's gonna be juice single games. There's juice series prices. It just is what it is. The books are starting to figure out you know. And then once you go from 64 teams to only 16, they have the ability to research more. They're not covering as much, so the lines are gonna get a little sharper. You know that's why we hope to provide this guide to kind of give you an edge because I still think we have an edge. I uh, just might be minimalized, but you follow us. I mean, we could go back. I think both of us have had maybe one losing week all season long. So, you know, we're, we're good at what we do. You know, we're not going to steer you in the wrong direction. We're not perfect, uh, but we're going to do everything we can to help you. And sometimes there may not be uh, a game or two. Like, it's okay to lay off. You know, I don't want to force picks down anybody's throat. If you don't like it, don't play it. So that's kind of all I got. You know, just ride the wave with us, and, and we'll win you some money. Well, let's cover our best bets real quick. I just noticed a typo. TCU, I did not get plus 220. That was what that would be pretty. was in the <laughs> Fayetteville yeah. Regional. But yeah. I'm on TCU. I think I laid like minus 140-ish, something like that. I'll have to go back and look. And, of course, you can check our bet tracker at collegebaseballinsiders.com. I'm on Virginia. I think the Cavs get it done. I laid minus 190 on that. Um, LSU, minus 220. I laid that heavy juice. Uh, Tennessee, minus 141. I took South Carolina, plus 115. I think you can get a better number than that now. I think and then so. I laid minus 105 with Texas. I think you can get a better number now. And then, I, you know, I've kind of gone back and forth on oral. I oral roberts i think oral roberts is the right side so i'm going to end up betting that i'm going to try to get the better number though because i don't i don't want it at plus 120 i'd rather have plus 140 plus 145 yeah uh so i've got tcu i have them at minus 165 i believe without looking uh not the 220 again that was a typo i do have 
Virginia at the 190. I have LSU at the 220. I'm confident in Tennessee. Again, I spoke earlier in this show. I think minus 141 is great value for that team. I got Florida at minus 139. I would have liked to see that a little bit lower. I kind of actually thought that was going to be like in the 120s, but I'm okay with laying it. I think they can get it done. And I think I'm going to add Texas. I, I don't know what line because I got I to gotta find it and book it. I know Barstool uh, actually took away Super Regional Futures, uh, so I got to try to figure that out. Um, but I, I think I'm actually going to lean Texas, so I will put that out on Twitter, um, and then I'll post all my plays out on Twitter for you guys to kind of follow. And then, you know, the single-game bets, just do what you always do, you know, follow us on Twitter, you know, put on your notifications because we're going to have some plays for you. And we always get them out pretty early, so you you always have time to bet them. So uh, watch out for our single games. Um, and then if you don't like these odds, you know, maybe you parlay TCU and LSU to get a good number. So Yeah, and we're going to start trying to tweet out the, the numbers for the projected starters, and then we'll bold for the ones that are confirmed. We've got a lot of guys helping us out with this, yeah. working – it's a team, I mean, it, man. It's truly a fraternity of college baseball handicappers all trying to help each other. Noah Bianic, uh, Johnny, which, you know, has been on the show, uh, Colin Wilson over at Action Network, and the list goes on and on. The guys at Friday Starters, it we're we're all just trying to bring the bring everything we can to the sport just to help yeah. everybody out. Because let's face it, we all want to make money off the sports books when they hang a wrong line. So oh yeah. Uh, Thank you all for joining us today and cash some tickets this weekend. And as Q said, make sure you're following us along because we'll try to get those graphics out for our best bets and, uh, and all the starting pitchers as well. So with that, cheers to the Super Regional Weekend. Q, good luck for your Gators. 